Welcome to the Let's Talk Data podcast series presented by SAP. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Let's Talk Data podcast. This is series three, so we had two other series one and two, but I love this series three. In this series, we have four episodes that are really focused on the combination of artificial intelligence and machine learning with information management with, uh, with a product from SAP called SAP Data Intelligence. So today's episode is really going to be a wonderful discussion. We have three experts here who are all experts in different areas. So what we want to do today is we really want to talk about who's really using the tool because the tool is a lot, right? We're combining, as we said, enterprise, artificial intelligence, uh, machine learning. So we've taken our Leonardo machine learning framework and then we also have all of our very rich data hub uh, capabilities on premise for data orchestration, metadata management, data cataloging. We've brought these together and we have them available in the cloud. And we've had some other podcasts. Maybe you check them out some on the role and why now. Today, we're really going to be focused on who's going to be using the solution. So it's a solution that delivers data-driven innovation and intelligence across the enterprise. And like we said before, it kind of unifies AI and intelligent information management. And so to really talk about who's going to use this in the different roles, we really need to bring in different people to talk about this. So we have our data scientist here, Punta. She's here with us today. She told us it's a lot of things going on. She's getting her coffee. She's getting pumped up now. I think she's in California today. Puntas, where are you today? Hi, yes, San Francisco. Okay, she's in sunny San Francisco, so life is good for her. So thank you for joining us. So she's going to be giving us some <laughs> insight from a data scientist perspective, and she's one of our product managers as well. And so she's in California, and then uh, on the other side uh, of the pond, we have Christian, who's one of our product managers. Christian, where are you today? Are you at the office or home, or where are you right now? Um, so I'm in the office in Claudia Waldorf. Oh, okay, cloudy. So he's in cloudy Waldorf. All right. So I think Puntas has got the better location. I'm located right between the, the two of them in Texas. And then we have uh, Silvio, who focuses a lot with customers in our go-to-market. He's normally in Rome, but I never know where he is. He's always on a plane. So Silvio, where are you today? No, I am in Rome today, in sunny Rome. Oh, sunny Rome. All right, Christian. Yeah. So you, you got the, the short end of the stick. So... <laughs> First of all, let me tell all of you, I'm, I'm really happy that, that you're all here. And when we really think about um, the convergence of bringing together, you know, data scientists and trying to do things in a scalable way and also trying to bring this with our, uh, with our governance and, and, and data management capabilities, I really just want to talk, I want to start with you, Puntas, and talk about as a data scientist, first I want you to talk about what SAP data intelligence kind of means to you, why you're involved with the product, why do you think it's important, if you would start with that. And then I'd like for you to talk a little bit about how do you think a data scientist would use this product? Because as you very well know, SAP shops, we normally don't have the data scientist in the SAP team. So why would a data scientist even be interested in using this product? Yes, yeah, so um, I'm involved because um, of my background and my experience with data science. And after many years of experience um, as working as a data scientist, I felt like I want to be part of a role that actually I can um, uh, 
I can realize or I can um, incorporate my vision into a product. And that is how I got involved in um, data, data hub, data intelligence. Um, and um, and um, I wanted to help building a product that actually helps other data scientists, bringing in the vision of a data scientist. Um, and um, I really like this product that we have built because it tried to answer three uh, needs that the data scientists had three biggest ones. Uh, one of those was um, that our customers, our data scientists, uh, they had the problems of uh, bringing their contextual data with the unstructured or semi-structured data. Now, we all know that we um, SAP works with uh, big enterprises, and we have about 40 years of experience working with the customers, 20 years in memory um, uh, data management. And uh, we have, um, you know, customers that they have legacy um, uh, databases, we have um, data warehouses, um, and so on. And so our customers have um, very valuable data. And at the same time, we are at the era that people talk about, um, you know, the social media data, the streaming sensors data. And the biggest problem for them was that, oh, it is very difficult for us to bring all these data together. Um, and if you don't bring all your data together, you can't make sense of them. So that was one of the biggest things. And that is one of the things that we're really trying to tackle with our new solution. Um, also, um, our data scientists um, had no problem developing POCs, so it's easy just to open your Jupyter notebook and, you know, have a CSV file run, um, you know, one line of Python code and, uh, you know, use, for instance, scikit-learn and do some tra training on your data, um, even like 100 rows, and get some good result. But, but when it comes to um, operationalization and productization, um, it is not the same because now you're dealing with real data, which is never nice and clean, as you imagined. Um, you're bringing different types of data, so it is not really easy to move from the POC to a product. Um, and, um, and we felt that pain, and that is why we're trying to make that uh, transition as easy as possible. And also, as a data scientist, I always struggled with um, the technology that I was using. Um, we have, you know, all the data scientists, they have a preferred language that they are very happy using, and they do not like to, you know, learn something new, and it's really not necessary. If I, if I am using Python, and it has all the libraries that I need, or if I'm using R, and it has all the li libraries that I need, and he does the job for me, I really don't want to waste time and go learn something else, which, you know, is not as good as these languages that I'm using. So I really wanted a platform that allows me to use my knowledge and at the same time, um, you know, take advantage of other um, capabilities that I'm not really an expert in, for instance, like data engineering jobs, such as making the connections, so on and so forth. So. Um, 
So the the other um, you know uh, great point about this product is that it gives you the flexibility to use the open source uh, or your preferred language um, um, the same way you can use SAP technologies. Um, so that is that is really great. Oh, that's a great summary. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Those are some wonderful points that 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 you made. Uh, so. Christian, I don't know, do you have anything to add from that? But my understanding is you're more kind of from uh, the data management perspective. And when, when we were designing data intelligence, we had several roles in mind. The data scientist is one, and I think Puntus has perfectly articulated kind of what it can do for them. What are other roles? And tell us a little bit about your background as well. Are you a data, what kind of brings you to data intelligence? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, so basically, I also have a machine learning background okay. as I'm a mathematician, but um, and I also felt the pain as I was a former data science consultant before joining the product management team of data intelligence. I also felt the pain of really trying to integrate the models that you have built where you spend months of building them. So to integrate the respective models into the daily business processes. So it was always pain that I have felt as a data science consultant. And this is also where data intelligence can play an important role. So apart from the data science, from the role of a data scientist, on which Puntus has already elaborated on. I also see in general developers, data stewards, IT administrators, and first and foremost, of course, the DevOps teams. So just think of, for instance, when we take a look at the data science DevOps teams, for instance, they could really take care of embedding the models into an entire end-to-end -end workflow. <clears throat> Such a workflow could, for instance, start with accessing the respective data sources, taking care of metadata management, uh, also of data governance in general. So you can also maybe first uh, run some sanity data quality checks, for instance, with data intelligence in order to yeah, in order to take a first look into the data structure that you are considering with the data sets that you have in mind. You can even also deploy the respective machine learning scenario by implementing a respective prediction service or yeah, the respective inference part and finally integrating the results into the business processes which uh, yeah basically has or basically has the most of the pain uh, available i would say also according to my experience so last but not least they can really so the devops teams can really focus on setting up such a such a dynamic life cycle management for machine learning related scenarios and i think this is really i would say the aspect where data intelligence uh, can definitely add value to our customers all right, so I'm, I'm really intimidated now, Christian. So you're a mathematician and a data scientist consultant, and you guys are kind of scaring me with how smart y'all are. This is a little, <laughs> little intimidating. So we talked some about uh, a DevOps using this. What about the role of um, data engineers or data ops? Some people have been telling me that that this really fits in with data ops. I don't know, Christian or Silvio, if you have a perspective on that. Uh, yeah, yes, exactly. So, so I, I would say they can perfectly uh, work together uh, or co collaborate across the entire tool because this tool covers also several, uh, let's say, several areas. As for instance, the metadata governance part, also also kind of data data engineering part, because there is also let's say pipelines application in the tool where you can build data driven flows. You can also build small data driven applications, and you can also engineer, I would say, also data models, for instance. 
and so I would say it's perfect. It's yeah, it, it's a perfect platform to really bring together all the different stakeholders. Silvio, do you have anything to add to that? And Silvio, you're also the one working in the customers as well, right? Yeah, my background is is mostly on the enterprise architecture side, so that's where I come from. So implementation of large projects in uh, in, in big enterprise customers. That's what I was doing before taking ownership of uh, of solution management for data hub and the intelligence and. Uh, Indeed, I mean, I, I, I perfectly agree with the vision that Christian said about what the, the tool enables. So if, if you embrace the data, the data intelligence philosophy, of course, you can streamline the operationalization of those complex data science projects and have all the roles work together. And I think that that's probably the main pain that customers are suffering today because if I think of the reality I see at most of our customers today, in, in most cases, the truth is that those roles that Pontius and, and Christian have described, they don't really work together yet. And that's the main issue because in many cases I've seen customers who have already put in place, for example, a very good data science team with very smart mathematicians and PhDs elaborating models that are very promising that could actually have a significant impact on the business. For example, uh, they promise very smart changes and automation and intelligence applied to critical business processes. And that's why uh, data science looks so um, attractive, let's say, to most of our customers, even in traditional industries. I mean, you don't have to be Google to, to start embracing data science. But then the problem is, is that in most cases, those teams, they remain in their ivory tower. So they develop those models in, um, in let's say, in, in uh, uh, using test data, uh, using dummy data sometimes, uh, so they, they are able to show the concepts, but then when it comes to operationalizing what they've done, that's where they should interact with the, with the chief data officer, with the compliance office, with the data integration teams. And most of the times they have to, uh, to uh, work together with different data integration teams for each different technology, for each different kind of data, for each different data set, and so on. And that's where the complexity becomes overwhelming and they get stuck, <laughs> basically. And uh, that's why 8.5 initiatives for data science out of 10 fail to make it to production. And that's exactly the kind of pain that we're that we are trying to solve with data intelligence. So the objective is not to reinvent data science, not to reinvent everything which is already out there, but just to enable all the data science which has already been done and tested to actually be operationalized for real and, uh, and, uh, and become reality and, and start delivering value in the end. So given that, Silvio, I think that's a really good summary, and it's really good that you're from the enterprise architecture slide, right? Because we have these teams that are in different groups, I think that a lot of times the data scientists might be in a, what, a, an LOB group, and then we have the, uh, the, the data architects, data ops, DevOps, actually, in the, in the IT group. Um, so, Puntus, you talked a little earlier about, you know, uh, what, what's in it for the data scientist and, and, and how, how they'll be able to use it and how it'll help them uh, be able to, uh, you know, use the tools they love and still be able to integrate with this tool. But why would a data scientist care about data orchestration and data integration? You know, you said earlier that they like to use R and Python and you have the tools that you love and you want to continue to use those, right? So, yes. if, 
I mean, what? Why? I mean, I guess they care about data orchestration integration. If they want to see something they've done actually make it to production, I mean, why else would they care? I mean, what's your perspective on that? Yes, that is a great question, Ginger. Uh, well, data integration is very important because um, you need to bring different data sources, and um, you know, um, because we're dealing with big data here, we can't move the data, you know. All, all the times, and this is not a good idea. Um, so basically what you can do is you can connect to the data source that you have, uh, push down the execution to where the data resides, and then bring the piece of the data that you need in the memory, and then you know do everything else you need to do with it. You don't need to move terabytes of data because you want to make a join, right? It doesn't make sense anymore. Um, so the data integration, the, all those connections, they're all very important. But then think about the projects that you're developing nowadays, right? Um, so for instance, uh, you want to, uh, for instance, we're talking about some uh, predictive maintenance. Um, some IoT story that uh, there are different types of data that you have to process, right? So, for instance, you have some, uh, you know, heat map images that you want to get and you want to run some, um, you know, you want to extract some features from those images and you want to do some classification. And at the same time, you have your machineries and you want to get the sensor data from them and you want to run some, I don't know, um, sometimes series analysis on top of them, um, but these two are not related. I mean, you don't need to finish one job in order to trigger the other job. So these two can happen in parallel. That's why the orchestration is very important here because, for instance, you can start um, running these two in parallel, get the result back, merge the result, then as soon as these two finish, you can trigger the other job. And in the past, maybe it was possible to go and, you know, wait until one job finishes and see if you got the result that you wanted and then start uh, the other trigger manually. But but it doesn't make sense, you know, in the automation nowadays anymore. You really can't have somebody there waiting for the result coming in. So. <clears throat> You need your system to take care of that, and you do not want um, to use a separate platform to do that for you. I want one single platform, the same platform that I developed on, that I configured on, that I designed my system on, to take care of the orchestration, scheduling, monitoring, and all that. And um, I'm very proud to say that data intelligence has that capability. You know, that reminds me, I was at, uh, I think, Sylvia, you were there with me when we were working an event, um, SCP's Big Sapphire, back in May, and a large consumer products company came up, and and the guy was telling me, uh, I don't want to say the name of the company, but you would know them, you use them in your household all the time, but he was saying, yeah, we have data scientists, and we take all the time, we take our data, I think they pump it into a data lake, they get some extracts, they get it to them, but he says, after that, then what? So I think that kind of sums up, you know, everything that I think y'all have been saying, because they didn't know, how do I get that data back into my live production SAP systems? How do I take advantage of what they did with it and get it so I can use it more than just a one-off, right? Sylvia, what were you going to say? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, uh, the, the challenge is 
how do you actually operationalize those insights and make them actionable into a concrete business process so that you start using them to, uh, to build value for the company in the end, for the customers, for the, the employees, and, uh, and so on, because uh, that requires a significant step, because starting from your prototype, you have to make sure that, for example, the data that you use to train your model has to be reliable enough to be usable in a real business process. You have to make sure that the data is clean, that everything is done under compliance, so that you're using the data in the right way without any breach. Uh, and so you have to make sure that you train your models without causing any bias. So you have to take care also of the ethics of the data that you pump into the into the models. And that's something new compared to the traditional deterministic kind of uh, of processing of, uh, of analytics. So there's a certain number of aspects that you need to take care of. Also the timing, of course. So uh, you need to manage the life cycle of when you retrain your model in order to update it and make sure that it's, it's reliable enough to, so that you can run it continuously and not just for a few weeks, for example. Those concerns are concerns that if you try to approach them in a non-structured way, uh, would require a lot of plumbing of different tools, a lot of open source technologies perhaps, a lot of hyperscaler technologies, but that's typically implying a complexity that can become a showstopper for, uh, for most IT organizations. And uh, that's what we tackled, I think, very efficiently with the intelligence because we have one streamlined solution that takes care of, for example, collecting all the metadata, allowing uh, the data scientists to understand the meaning of the, of the semantics of the data, uh, manage the life cycle of the models, and use all of their technologies across each and every kind of data sets from, uh, from the enterprise, ensuring quality, ensuring compliance. And that's, uh, uh, that's something which is currently very rare, actually, in, uh, in, in the IT domain. Mm -hmm. and Christian, you were talking earlier about DevOps. Just to go uh, double-click a little bit on what Silvio was saying about lifecycle management. Uh, you were talking about how it's really important to have that for the machine learning models. Uh, Christian, what do we really mean when we when we say that lifecycle management for machine learning models? What is what's going to happen there with that? Perfect. Uh, thank you for the question. So, yeah, basically, one should keep in mind that uh, if you train a model based on, uh, for instance, historical data, you have a model which is trained to this specific point in time, which means that, uh, let, let's just assume that, uh, that let's say, an event suddenly occurs due to climate change or whatever, then events that might occur, then in this case, it can happen that the model quality of the model that you have previously trained uh, dramatically decreases, which means that it doesn't really, that it doesn't really really, uh, let's say, reflect the reality in which you are located at this point in time. So this means one should, in order to really take care of lifecycle management for machine learning models, one should be aware of, yeah, at least um, taking a look at the model quality, in best case, dynamically, such, such that in best case, you then get a message, hey, your model quality is decreasing uh, and uh, yeah, goes, be, goes, be, goes beyond a certain threshold that you have previously defined. And in this case, you can take care of the model. You can maybe retrain it. And yeah, in worst case, you have to do everything from scratch, depending on the data structure that you have now in mind and so on. So, But in general, one should really uh, have trackability of the respective models in order to really take care of that the model quality does not decrease that much, and it will decrease over time. So this is just uh, natural, I would say. 
and this is where the essence of a, of a, let's say, of a good life cycle management is, because this life cycle management does not only include, oh, I take care uh, of the machine learning models that I've previously trained, it also includes what are the data management processes that run in the background. How, how is my data quality over time? Uh, I, I need to maybe do some master data management or metadata management before and so on. So this does really include much more than just taking a look at the models. And to have everything there in one place, to have everything in mind, to really be able to have an overview about every component that plays an important role, I think uh, one, one, one would really need to set up such a lifecycle management and data intelligence is exactly aimed for supporting and helping in setting up such a lifecycle. So I think you're saying that, that the DevOps people or that are managing all the other things about our data, what you talked about, metadata management, our data quality over time, that the machine learning would really become another artifact that would have to be managed as well. Is that correct? And the DevOps people would be doing that. Does that, that understand that correctly, Christian, or not? Uh, exactly, so the related artifacts. Uh, uh, for machine learning. Of course, this includes the data sets that are included, and this, of course, also includes the models that you have trained. And also, maybe the comparison between different models, maybe you, maybe you, have, maybe you have used different algorithms in order to train the models, maybe you have also used different features, so also take care of the features that are that you have identified and to take care of the correlations uh, between the, the attributes that you have in the data sets and so on. So not really only taking care of, on, or let's say, only taking care of the models, but also taking care of all the steps that have, in, that, that have at the end of the day led to this model. And I think this is also pretty important, apart from all the data management uh, things that play an important role. <clears throat> yeah, because Whenever we're using this, if we if we just go in a second a little bit further into what we were talking about with all the other data management capabilities, and we were talking earlier about, you know, we'll have data ops using this tool, we'll have DevOps using this tool, we'll have data scientists using this tool, maybe data architects using this tool. If I have scenarios where I'm not using uh, uh, machine learning heavily, I could still use SAP data intelligence and I would still have my data ops and devs team there and they could still, like Puntas was talking earlier about the freedom to use the tool that you love, you can still use that, right? Or is machine learning and data science a prerequisite for this? Does that role have to be included? Uh, no, no, of course not. Machine learning and data science, of course, remains an important use case for data intelligence, but, but it's not bound to that. You can, of course, they use data intelligence uh, also for other use cases that are not directly machine learning related, yes. Okay. So if we look at the, the different roles of kind of our vision, uh, we have our data ops, we have the dev ops, we have the data architects that will all be involved from the management of, 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 of their type of data. Um, and then are there any other major roles that are involved in this? Like, I don't think we're really going to have a business user on this tool, right? Or what, what happens with the data preparation? Who's kind of doing those types of things? Y'all were talking about making sure the data is good, right, in order before I use it for some process. Who's, who's the person that we see using that within SAP Data Intelligence? Christian, you want to start with that? So I think yeah. So I, I think one can of course use also uh, SAP data intelligence in order to prepare the data, in order to really take care of the data pre-processing. Because as already said, it, it comes with uh, integrated Jupyter notebooks, and mm. yeah, when you are familiar with uh, with uh, coding Python, and then you can of course run some data analysis, run some data preparation, run the entire parts 
completely in Python and you can easily integrate this and orchestrate this data pre-processing part in data intelligence by using data-driven pipelines. You can even use the data preparation layer within SAP Data Intelligence. So SAP Data Intelligence also comes with an own data preparation layer, which is also there in order to do some data preparation before. So removing columns, trimming records, for instance, also replacing records that where maybe a typo is in and so on. Mm -hmm. So we have several opportunities to prepare data within data intelligence. Okay. There's just so much, you guys. Sometimes I almost get overwhelmed with with everything that that's possible, right, with this new solution that we have. And even though the combination of the types of roles that we have, of bringing all these people together, right, because as you guys have alluded to, sometimes they actually sit in different parts of the organization. So I guess what would be, Puntas, we haven't heard from you in a while. So I'm really starting to think about how would we really uh, recommend people that are interested to get started in bringing these roles together. I mean, because the reality is, you know, as Silvio said, that these people are in different parts of the organization and they would be doing different things within a, in a, in the same, same solution. And what's nice is we provide, provide a platform that can kind of bring everyone together. Um, and for the first time. So where do we kind of start to, to figure this out? So if I'm kind of interested in this, you know, like let's say the customer that came up to us at the event, right? He came up to us, he's already got a data scientist working on something, right? He's part of the SAP shop. He's already got, you know, data architects working on other tools and now we can bring them together. Do we start with the business use case of, of where we would want to do this? Will we bring all these, because we, we can't bring all these people into a room and say, hey, we have this new great solution, you need to use it. That's obviously not going to work. I'd like to go around and get all your recommendations on how would we really go about taking this and really using this maybe in a first POC and how we bring these people together. Do we start with the technology? Do we start with the business case? Do we start mm -hmm. somewhere in the middle? What do you think? Um, I think it should all happen um, organically, right? It's not that we say, okay, so in this project, we need all these three people. Let you do this, you do that. And so I think the way it should be is that um, in a data science project, we usually start with some experiments. But when it comes to productization, we need the data engineer to make all that connection, connect to my AWS system, connect to my uh, you know, HANA system, connect to, um, you know, my ERP system, then the data engineer needs to come in. Then, um, you know, I need to do some data prep, maybe somebody uh, who has more knowledge about uh, different technologies um, has to come in. And then after I am happy with everything I have developed and I built the models that I wanted, then I need the DevOps guys to take over and, you know, to take over a of the executions and um, uh, the monitoring scheduling aspect of it. So I think uh, the best way of approaching this is, and of course you need um, an architect, right? Who knows the landscape, who knows, um, um, you know, that uh, all the technology that the company owns or uh, the pieces that you need in this particular project. And, um, I think it all starts with an experiment that see if things work and if, you know, the business question is there, um, if I can get some answer to that business question and then bring in people as needed. Okay. Silvio, what do you think about that? 
in my experience, I think the uh, the best start is always discussing the business question first. To go back to what Puntus was saying, so uh, what I typically advise to uh, to the customers I meet is, guys, we'd better uh, get uh, three different teams or three different kinds of people in the same room and have a half day of discussion altogether. So it's very important to have the functional people in the room. So the LOB owner or the process owner, the people who are responsible for the business processes. Because uh, if you start bottom up from the technology, it's very easy to get lost in initiatives that do not deliver any value. Whereas if you start top down identifying, first of all, a use case and a business process where you know that the business has pains or has opportunities actually, for example, to uh, uh, disrupt the competition or to bring a new kind of service to the market or, uh, or to do something nice for, uh, for the company and for, uh, for its customers, then let's start discussing, first of all, the process. And uh, as you know, Ginger at SAP, we have business processes in our DNA, in our DNA. so contrary to most of the other Technology players, we are very at ease with starting a discussion from, let's talk about the business process first. And then once the process is clear, and once everybody in the room has an idea of what the process currently is, what we would like uh, to get it to, then, for example, the data scientists can start suggesting ideas. Hey, guys, we could apply this kind of, the, of, of intelligence to this use case. And I, uh, we could actually achieve something that the functional people maybe haven't even thought. And then at that point, the IT guys who are also in the room will be the ones saying, okay, we would need this and this kind of data, and this is where we can retrieve it. So that's the bit of information that typically is missed by most of the data scientists. So that's why it's important to have the three roles in the same room to start the conversation from the business process, and then from there, do sorts of a, let's say, guided design thinking uh, kind of session to understand how we could turn the business process around using the arts of the possible. And uh, in the end, data intelligence is conceived uh, to be the enabling technology that allows data scientists and IT and data engineers to, let's say, fulfill the promise that they made to the, to the business owners in those kind of workshops. But in my experience, starting from uh, setting up, first of all, a discovery workshop, as we call it, with those three kind of actors in the same room and a whiteboard to be able to discuss and also imagine new kind of solutions, that's typically the best start. I was, on, I was talking to someone else the other day, and they were saying that um, one way to talk with the business for would be to say, if I could predict X for you, and they could fill in what the X is, and I got it right, what would that mean to your business, you know, to the process? Or if I were to protect X and you fill in the X and I got it wrong, what would it cost your business? I thought that was an interesting way to start to think about if I wanted to get started, how would I know which business process to go to? Like you said, Sylvia, looking at your pain points, you know, if I could predict maybe in some situations, you know, uh, the weather and I got it right, you know, what it would be, or, or if I could predict something about your sales and I got it wrong? It's, it's, it's a good way to summarize what we, uh, what we typically call a business outcome-driven data strategy. That's, that's what okay. we are strongly advising our customers to adopt. 
in these days because, as you know, in, in, in the past few years, uh, when everybody was excited about technology disruptions, we've seen many times that uh, enterprises were, for example, embracing new technologies just because they were on the hype. And uh, I don't know, they were feeling that everybody else was doing big data. So, guys, we have to do big data as well because otherwise we'll be out of the competition. And then they were establishing a team where they were setting up a big data lake and then suddenly they had a very nice technology that was looking for problems to be to, to solve you know and and at that stage you realize that probably that kind of bottom up technology oriented approach is not really is not really the best one to make sure that you focus on the things that that do matter to the enterprise so that's why every data strategy must be business outcome driven so first of all as i said you have to have a clear picture of What's the business process that you want to change, you want to reimagine, you want to disrupt? And then from there, you derive which are the data assets, which are the intelligent algorithms that you can apply in order to achieve uh, the objective. And of course, it's an iterative process because there must be an exchange there. Because in many cases, if you just stick with the business people, they might not even be able to imagine the arts of the possible. So that's why it's important to have that conversation ongoing. Start from the business, but then engage the data scientists to actually suggest what can be done, because otherwise you you, you have the risk of, of, of being, you know, too much on, on the other side where you just stay too conservative and, 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 uh, and you miss opportunities which are enabled by technology. But definitely you have to first ask the, that question. So what am I going to gain if we, if we implement this prototype, for example? So how am I going to change the business? What the, what the impact would be and is it worth it? Is yeah. it too risky, for example? How long will it take in terms of implementation time? Like, will it be too long? So that those are all very sensible questions that should always be asked at the, at the initial workshop. And Christian, what is your view of that from your role as the product manager of, of these different, all the different roles that can use this from, uh, from the data preparation to the data catalog to the data architects to the data scientists? What's your recommendation to bring them together? Kind of combine what Silvio and Puntus were saying where we talk with the business, we start with an experiment or what, are, what is your thought? So basically, there, there's not much more to add from my side to what Pantas and, and Silvio have, have already said. So I think one should also, let's say, defer the, the approach depending on the person one is talking to. So when, when, when we talk to a data scientists, of course, then it's for sure a good approach to maybe first talk about the technologies that one can integrate or to maybe to also talk about the features that can be integrated. For instance, then you can say, you know, we have an integrated Jupyter notebook. Uh, we have integrated Jupyter Lab environment, I mean, and it can also communicate with other applications in data intelligence. And then we can also connect to the source systems and you do not need to extract CSV files from your systems and so on. So I think this could be a good starting point also for data to talk to data scientists. But, but when you talk to other stakeholders, then of course, uh, just uh, defining a use case and to maybe start with such a use case and to, let's say, come to a point where you can say, I can add value to your business uh, is, of course, also a good uh, recommendation, I would say. So I would, yeah, I would a bit, uh, yeah, I, I would maybe adapt the approach depending on the person that I'm talking to. It's, in fact, a combination of what uh, Pantas and Silvio have already said. Right, right, right. Okay, well, I think in this discussion that we've had, we've really had a good discussion on the kinds of people, how those are going to be brought together, 
kind of the reality that they're in different parts of the organization, but we have to bring everyone together around a specific uh, solution that we want to solve. But at the same time, we also have to make sure that people are comfortable with the tool and that they know that they can bring in other tools that they use as well. Does anyone have anything else that they want to add? Yeah, thank you, Ginger. I think this was a great um, uh, conversation um, and also to hear Silvio and Christian's point of view. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks a lot. So if you want to learn more, you can visit us at sap.com forward slash data intelligence. We also have a blog that a colleague wrote on. Uh, it's called The Importance to Have Everyone on the Same Page. So that's a pretty good blog. It's out there on Data Science Central. We'll provide the link to that. And uh, I want to thank everybody for joining today. And we hope that we'll see you on another podcast in this series. Thanks, all. Bye.